0: The gig part. Who is this serving and what is the end goal would be kind of nice to know. I feel like we haven't had quite enough Irish bias this year, so I am
1: quite happy to see this. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB GAA. Welcome to the Mike Quirk podcast.
0: Now give me my theme music. Yeah.
1: This series is brought to you with the help of PST Sport. PST Sport is a design and build specialist contractor focusing exclusively on the design and construction of artificial grass pitches and supporting infrastructure for soccer, GAA, rugby, hockey and tennis. PST's portfolio includes over 50 FIFA certified artificial grass pitches, as well as multiple pitches tested and approved for World Rugby, GAA and FIH standards. PST Sports have done over 500 artificial grass pitches for clubs, schools, colleges and local authorities in Ireland and the UK for all different sporting codes. Visit pstsport.com for more details. Okay, welcome again so everybody uh, to our sixth episode in the second series. Um, and again, for people who are tuning in for the first time, I suppose this is generally about coaching and and, and sports performance, a little bit of everything really. Um, and for those that wouldn't be aware, this is as a fundraiser for recovery Haven who are an organization based in Chilean County Kerry who provide free cancer support services for the people of Kerry and beyond. Um, and for people who do find a bit of value in the content of any of the episodes, there's a link in my, in the podcast description below or on my Twitter page at Mike Quirk. And we would ask people just to donate any couple of euros to a, a really good cause. um, Today, I'm delighted to say I'm, I'm joined by someone who I became very familiar with in the last year uh, uh, from Galbelly to Carolarney, which is a nice trip. Uh, Petty Talley. Petty, very welcome. Thank you, Mike.
0: Thanks Great to be here. And uh, on a night, especially with uh, such a good cause um, associated with your podcast. So listen, anybody out there, as Mike says, throw a few pounds in the pot. I know it's come it's to Christmas now and all of this us want be really, really appreciated for having.
1: For sure. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Um, How's everything up that side of the country, Paddy? Oh, it's cold. Is it's it cold, as cold Mike? up there? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're we're. I think that I seen minus seven this morning in the car when I was leaving the kids to school. So it's pretty pretty sharp hard for us at the moment. But um, it's lovely. It's nice, but pretty cold, mate. Pretty, <laughs> pretty cold. It's pretty
1: cold. And to be fair, you you would often have said, Paddy, when you came down here, the weather it never the sun never shine in in Clarny or Tralee, but it oh, was yeah. always nice up there. Yeah.
0: Well, the, no, the, 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 it's not the sun, it's the rain. Uh, the sun would come out now and again, but the amount of rain you have down there is savage, like, you know, and it's it seems just come on as you go through past Limerick and then it just starts to rain, you know, so they're of this. That's why the golf courses are so nice, though, yeah.
1: Really nice. <laughs> well, the golf is always green. They're always nice and green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, come here, we'll we'll um we'll get into it a little bit, Paddy, and, and and again, like, I, I'd like this to kind of, this is obviously not specific to, to uh, any of those multitude of teams i was just even looking it up obviously you're, you were involved with Tyrone in 2003 the All Ireland final with Down in 2010 you were involved with Kevin Welsh in Galway obviously involved this year with Kerry in 2022 Sigurdsson with St Mary's in 2017 um you're lecturing above are you still there in the P department above in 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 uh in St Mary's? so so you're you're yeah. as well positioned as as anybody to talk about about coaching and and what it is. So maybe even just start there, Petty. What for you in terms of coaching? What what what's the stuff that comes into your head when when somebody talks to you about coaching?
0: Yeah, um, so I suppose my my uh, own involvement and in coaching start off from a very early age. You know, getting get involved with my own club teams under age level, like, and then. As things progressed, I, I started to work with the University of the St. Mary's. I was lecturing, I was lecturing Samaries, and uh, I was taking the the, C- the Sigerson Cup team, and um, that probably was the was my I suppose it was like uh, it was the, the, my key learning experience. You know, where I learned an awful lot about coaching in that environment. I was quite young at the time. I only left college a few years. I was I was teaching, and they asked me to come back and to work with the team. So I think that was around about two thousand and uh but those those two or three years of coaching third level students was really really important in my development i think that opened my eyes out to the possibilities of what you could do when you're working with really good players a lot of these lads were playing county under 20s 21s that time Some them had broken into the county senior squads and a lot a lot of the lads had played county minors so when they're coming to university level football which university level football was great especially in the time, and it's a high level football and and I I think that, that I think those years were crucial in developing myself as a coach. Um, I really enjoyed those years and and um then I then I brought me into the into county Intercounty in 2003 and I've been sort of I think as just finished my 15th year there've been to county senior uh, coaching and management there this year. So um coaching has been a it's been an evolving process for myself um and uh I have to say like and every challenge, every time you work with a new team, it provides a whole new range of challenges. And um, but that's what that's what keeps it interesting. You know, and I think the key is you never feel as if you've learned enough. Um you're always looking to see how what you're doing, how you could bring it to a team and if it works, fantastic. And if not, you have to go back and look at it again and try and to try and to, to change things. But it's been it's been a sort of a, a big part of my life now and and um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it.
1: Yeah. And and that idea of of it evolving from like two thousand. So that was the first time you were involved in a kind of coaching capacity with Sam with Aries back back early two thousand. So
0: yeah, I was doing a bit of work with my underage teams in the club, you know, but really it's I suppose when you're working with senior level players or mm-hmm. or adult players, it was between two thousand. I started to work at that time. So um it it was uh it was great. I think it was it was a key. Once I got a taste for it at that level and you could see the quality of the football, you could get get out of players and how committed? I suppose Sumerius is notoriously good in terms of commitment of mm. players. You know they are very good at that over the years, and and um we can, we're never able to punch above our weight most years. Like so, I think that gives a good inspiration too. That you know if you can if you can get players that level doing really well, what could you do with really good players? And that's that's really how what happened is because when two thousand three came along and I was asked to coach the throne team, I was still quite young. I think I just turned thirty at twenty nine actually when I took the job on, and but. Now I was able to put the stuff I was doing with the college players, but now it's putting it in with a, a really good talented inter-county team. Yeah. And and it then started a really it, it worked really well that year on the All Ireland. So
1: yeah. It's good. And, and and just staying with the college thing for a second, because I'm I'm looking at it now and I'm saying like the Sigerson Sigerson in particular in terms of football, obviously Fitzgibbon and Hurling and different things. Like the window is getting so compressed for, for senior college football now at third level. Um it's a wonder it's one I I, I'm not sure what the future of it Mm -hmm. is going to look like. And, and you spoke about how important it is, I think for players development. It's so it's, it's such good level football and, and, and even the friendships that fellas make playing it and, and having a meaningful competition, it really looks like it's, um, it's getting squeezed to the last now in terms of, of, of the amount of time it's available to actually play these games. Yeah, Mike, That's a really good question. It's something we have, we have talked about a lot. Um, I
0: think the last weekend was the last proper weekend was 17, the year Samiris won the Sigerson, and it hasn't been a weekend since. But when I went to college back in the 90s, we I started college in '92, and the, the Sigerson weekend was something you just mm-hmm. live for. If you could get to it, like, you know, just to get the experience playing that three, it was actually that team had done three matches over three days now it comes to the Sunday if you made it to the weekend to the last day like it was nearly survival of the fittest who's who still had a squad that you could put out in the field but it was quite unique in that way you know uh, the way it was run but everybody gave everything to it you know every college player loved playing it at just the time of year the referee's a bit more lenient the conditions weren't great it was a bit more rough and tumble you know but you, you found out an awful lot about the quality of the player but also the character of the players you're playing with and against did they really want to be there on and, a and wet Wednesday or a on, a, on a, when maybe traveling a couple of hundred miles to, in somebody's backyard, you know, so there was that thing, and I, I I could always see like the players that that may went back to their clubs after playing stickers and football, and you may never hear telling in a game, yeah. but they just disappeared again. But yeah. for those three or four years, they were like they were savages, you know, and they just <laughs> loved it, and and you mentioned the comradeship and the friendship and the. And like you know, those, those friendships are still there. You know, I know you, 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 you probably the same experience. I, know I spoke to Murph one day about his time in UL, and and I know myself and Samaries and talks and see like when you see the they the Cork UCC lads and UCD. No matter what, there's always that connection through football, and uh, I think it's a special opportunity for players. And it is getting squeezed. You know, the window now is getting where it's been run off in four weeks or something, start yeah. to finish, and it's Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. and. And um, they're nearly glad to get over, to get out of the way, and I think it's a shame, you know. But it's unfortunately, it's, we're nearly out. we've got the stage now where between intercounty and the way the club seasons run into yeah. interprovincials now as well. Um, the the, the college football is has, has taken a squeeze, which is yeah. to my it's a, it's a pity
1: it is it's just one of those things with the split season it seems to be it seems to be suffering a little bit from the collateral damage of, of the benefits obviously for the club and the county but yeah. it does look like that window is getting a bit a bit too compressed um uh, just yeah. getting getting back into petty, like like you're, you're talking about starting there we'll say with Saint Mary's at the Sigerson level around 2000 and now this is your 15th year Did you say this is this from now yeah. is your 15th
0: Yeah, just I just was thinking back one day. Somebody asked me the question. I think I just finished my fifteenth year of intercounty coaching. Yeah.
1: So, so what was what was for you something that you could look back on and say that that's an area that I've that I've really really improved on from when I started to to where I am right now.
0: Yeah, I think it's just the game itself, Mike. You know, just knowledge of the game. I think that's my biggest change. If I look back to what I was doing at the very start, it was very much based on you know it was it was training and coaching and. If you go back, um, you know, a lot of stuff was supposed to come from a sort of sports science background. I was in, implementing a lot of new stuff back in the early 2000s where players maybe weren't exposed to it before. So a lot of my stuff's fairly really good, it's fairly really based on good, good reviewed work, you know, and and tried and tested. And that's probably the benefit of being in the same way because you're using some ways as a new computer Just you know, you're 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 using it to experiment with your players and your systems and your your methods, you know. So then, when you know all that done, you're bringing that into county level. But I, at that, I look back at it now and I think, Jesus, it was very simplistic. You know what I was doing, and um, and maybe sometimes simple in terms simple in terms of the um, technical aspects of the game, but sometimes too much in terms of content. If you know what I mean, right. I was trying too hard right. to, to keep things happy. But now. What I did over time was I, I I learned to evolve my coaching to make it a lot simpler, to get the message through a lot easier. But I think I just learned more about the game, about mm-hmm. coaching the game, you know, because I was focusing, being focusing on an awful lot of certain things in the game. And looking back to, it, you know, there's, there's an easier way of doing it or a better way of doing it or a more productive way of coaching. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, too, is everywhere I've coached, I've learned an awful lot from the people I work with. Like uh, this year in Kerry, for example, I learned an awful lot from the management team and and the players in Kerry that I wouldn't have known before going in, and the same in every other opportunity I've had. So I think it's a combination of experience and just knowing, and understanding over time, which which really has changed the way I view coaching. nowadays.
1: Yeah, and and that that idea you mentioned the kind of technical and tactical stuff, um, that obviously is a. It's a big, it's a big, big part of of it. Obviously, you have to have that kind of knowledge. But the the other side of it of, of understanding how how people are picking up your message and how they're going to take your message and, and and moving on is is probably the bit that has to. You just have to gain that experience and go through there. I suppose really.
0: You, you do, and if one advice i would say to coaches, don't don't rush things. You know, if you're, you're a young coach out there and you're thinking of getting involved in teams, you know, take your time. Don't don't feel you have to get to the um to the end quickly. Uh, I've I've noticed a lot of really good coaches going in too quick, too hard, and then within a few years, they disappear off the coaching scene because they've been hurt by it, and things haven't worked out well, and they've maybe become a little bit disillusioned with it and maybe give up. Or well, my attitude would be: take your time, you know, don't don't rush things. Um, learn as much as you can along the way. Become a, become an avid student of the game, uh, and you know and. Don't be expecting things just to work for you straight away. And I, I've been lucky enough that I, I did get a success quite early, which was good. But like, I got success. Like, it's nearly twenty years since my first all all-earned into this year. Like, it was nineteen years since two thousand and three. So, it, and in between there was fourteen years of fifteen years of learning in there as well. So, although I did get success early, that this another Ireland didn't come to another nineteen years later. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um and in between that time i had to re rethink an awful lot of what i was doing Um so the, to, the coach is really it's, it's no automatic success here you're just going to have to really work at it so don't put yourself under pressure just l- enjoy the process as much as you possibly can um, and and become a real student of the game
1: yeah yeah that idea of, of, of a student of the game and learning is it, like it, it really is a kind of a lifelong like you can't you can't go to a Three courses and 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 get a qualification and 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 expect that things are going to roll out perfectly the way you want them to go. It's you look you're learning as much as many as m- and many lessons from those kind of knocks and defeats and and where things didn't yeah. work well in a training session as you are from from the victories obviously. Ah, looking back at it, you nearly be cringe at some of the things you did. Like you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> or or nearly eat my own hand off myself when I think back to some of the things you did at times and cheese regret it. Like but here you, you learn from it and even not just you make there's so much to it like you know we obviously there's an organising good coaching sessions the coaching sessions are purposeful and there's a there's a meaning behind it and and they're enjoyable and it's fun you know there's a good there's a good um learning there's a, there's a good learning outcome at the end of it but it's also then it's dealing with players it's dealing to understand different type of learners with you know what what's the best way to to teach them what's the best way to coach to get the most out of the of their sessions as well so i think that. I think that um only now says now it's only really now you feel really com- feel confident in, in your trade. And I know I, I know that might sound it's a long time, but it, it has taken me a long time to get to feel pretty confident what I'm doing mm. because I've had to make I've made all those mistakes. And it's not even you don't really know what you know until you somebody asks you, you know, that's that's wants to learn and they sit down with you and say, can you, could can you tell me about this and this and this? And you're able to tell them straight away. Because you've been there and you've had that experience. I think that's when you realize yourself, so you've picked up a good bit along the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you when you're forced to actually think about it and, and, and put it out there to somebody. Like you, you mentioned the players and the learners, they're obviously they're at the center of, of everything that you're doing, really. And if they're not, you're you're probably not doing things in, in the right way in terms of that Patty, like where where are you the technical and tactical stuff i think is that's the easier that's the easy yeah. stuff really but in terms of what you've you know what you've gained along the way in terms of dealing with people and and the and, and the players and how how best to get the most out of them like what have you come across that that has been big big learning for you in that area
0: I just lucky enough my because i come from a background where i grew up in a pub you know and we, we have a farm we have a family pub and it's, it's, it's one of the greatest universities of life is dealing with people <laughs> in a bar you know um, and all from 80 to 18 with all sorts of backgrounds come from all sorts of, and of all sorts of leads in any given moment so you, you do learn public you know dealing with people and public service is, is really good and I supposed to, I've been teaching now for 25 years so you're constantly communicating and working with kids and students and, and in university you know you're really you spend a lot of time with students as well so you do really you hone your own your teaching skills and your delivery skills as you go along. But you do learn that there's so many different ways of teaching nowadays. Uh, what I feel now is a concentration, concentration and staying on task is becoming something that we need to be really aware of. We can lose people very, very quickly. They can drift off because of now like I, I laugh when I was telling my students about you know having to go to the library years ago, you know, to, to get a, a book. And I would tell them about going to go into the little drawer and pull out the drawer and then flicking through all the cards to find a 96 6.25, and then writing it down and then going upstairs, three floors, go to all the bookmarks and getting the book out, and then taking the book down, and then photocopying the stuff and then putting them back in again. And that would take you maybe 15-20 minutes for now the flick it on the phone, and there's the answer in front of you. You know, so yeah. and, and that's just the way life has been. So now now young people want to know the answer straight away. They don't want to, they don't want to spend the time, I think. And fairness, this is just the way it is. It's not their fault. I think they want they, they need they need answers pretty quickly, they need information pretty quickly. So I think we need to be on our game, you know, nowadays and how we teach and how we learn we, t- we coach, that we that we um we focus on on good, sharp, succinct messaging without long, you know, trying to try dry things out because I think we can lose the, the younger players very quickly in that end of things. Mm-hmm. There's also then too, you know. And um, I also feel that that football and, and what I've learned with Kerry this year, that, that football means so much to, to the players at the, at the highest level. You know, and, and every, every team I work to the county level, they find that, you know, they're really, really the players that are there want to give everything they have. But we have to be conscious of the fact that if we're not working that elite level of sport, you know, football may be something that the players are doing, but it may just not mean as much as we expect. So our, our, our motivation and our dream for that team may not match what the players want themselves. So we have to be wary of, you know, that not just because I, I feel it, that the players feel the same. You have to be aware of how they think, you, you, you know, what actually motivates them to be successful. And I, I, I've used the example of, of a team one time when I, when I um, after a game, I had them in for a bit of a meeting and I asked about six or seven players, how did they... um. What was the motivation for the for the match at the weekend to win it? And if seven players I asked, it's seven different motivations. Right. You know, seven different reasons for winning the game. So now that was really seven. If I extrapolated across the next 20, 20 players, there could have been another 10. So even though we all want to win the game, the reason they want to win the game wasn't the result at the end of a few of them just want to win the game because they wanted to get it one over the other team. But it was it could have been something to do with their own personal drive themselves. They want to prove a point. They wanted to do it for somebody else. Sometimes you know, there's so many reasons. So it opened my mind to the fact that you got to be very open and how you you know think about motivate, how you think about winning. Because um, together we focus on the same level. You got to think across a, a range of different areas. Like. Touching on
1: motivation, obviously, is is. It's huge. I'm sure, it's huge at, at every level. It, whether we're talking about, yeah. under sevens or, or you're talking about senior at the county, it's different levels, obviously. But it it's um it's a huge thing in terms of in terms of things there for coaches, Patty, and like you know, the question of how, how do you motivate players now? uh, And the old, the old model people motivated by, by trying to shout people down and, and tear them down. And, and, you know, it's all vocal, roaring, shouting like what, what way now are we, are we talking about, you know, motivating players the best way that we possibly can?
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's recently was, was we've been thinking about this, you know, because it's, it's, it's really, really important that we know what motivation means you know you're right back in the day you know it was it was rip roaring through the change room and take the door off the hinges on the way out and you know and take somebody's scalp take somebody's scalp off you know and and that was that was how we played it then yeah. here yeah. some days it worked some days that's what we just needed to do straight and but there's other days that i think i don't think that could work every day nowadays it may yeah. work the yeah. odd time but i think we got to be a bit more attuned to what motivation means interestingly we've been talking about this and and um there's three areas. I suppose you look at really, there has to be something. And, and again, go back to that point that I said about asking players what motivates them to win a the game. There are all different reasons. So we, we got to be aware of 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 what that what it means to someone individually to to commit themselves to play play football to start with. You know, um, it it may be just an easy choice for some people to make that commitment. Other players, people think it's just they really want to do it. So we got to understand that. I think we also have to have we have to feel as if we have a, we have a, uh, a purpose among the group. You know, the, the team has to have a clear purpose of what, where they want to go as vision you know how they want to go about it. And and that, bit, that purpose has to be a buy-in from the players too. So there has to be a, an, a, a fair amount of of buy-in among the group and that, that has to be clearly articulated. And there has to be a set of, some people talk about non-negotiables, things that, that you have to do in order to be part of it. Um, then you also have to allow for players to be themselves I think we we can't tar the same brush just because we all play the same team it doesn't mean we're all the same so we have to respect the individuality within that as well and if we get that there then individually players will have their own individual motivation you know so I think there's a lot to it nowadays you know and that's why I'm saying it's just not a matter of expecting everything the same we just got to be open-minded to what what it's about Um, but but I I still think that you know the benefits of playing team sports uh, are are just incredible you know and especially with young players young people nowadays what they can get from it not just playing the game in terms of fitness but their the social yeah. The, yeah. the psychological you know they the the, the the fact that they're part of something the, the part the feeling of of well-being they get from doing it you know so and and uh they, the friendships that they're going to have for not just during that year, but for years to come. So I think we have a lot of things we need to be really positive about in our games and, and keep promoting those among the players. And that's not, that again can be highly motivated for a player
1: too. Mm. And like you, you, you've obviously mentioned youth sport there and, and like, it's come up several times, like and obviously there'll be people listening to this, Patty, that are under sevens or nines or elevens coaches, and then much yeah. older as well, obviously. But for those youth coaches, and that idea of motivation, I think is is a really important topic to kind of just linger on yeah. for a minute because that idea of shouting at people, now. Like kids, you mentioned how they communicate differently. Kids aren't, aren't listening to you shouting at them for sixty minutes yeah. to try and get them to play better. That's not how that's not how we're motivated to perform at yeah. our best anymore, and and that doesn't right. work. Yeah, of course, there's a there's a maybe a, a short term burst of of motivation that comes from you know I'll prove him wrong or I'll prove her wrong, but ultimately it doesn't sustain and it doesn't last, yeah. and eventually people will will step away from the game but like for for those underage coaches or for the, for those um those juvenile coaches like what are what are some of the practical things that they can be doing in their sessions to to try and you know keep kids motivated to keep coming back keep showing up and keep playing and 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 have all those benefits that you talk about from team sports
0: yeah well yeah absolutely this is really important and and, and i suppose the first thing i always say is that it has to be enjoyable mm. for for children enjoyment and fun has to be the central point of, of our games. I think when when they have that, we have a in, in, in teacher training we we, very, we, we teach our, say to our students there's a very clear line between enjoyment and success or enjoyment and learning. So if a child enjoys what they're doing, they're much more likely to learn in that environment. If they if they continue to learn and continue to enjoy they are much more chance of being successful. Mm-hmm. So if we think of the very first, first the fundamental first stage is, is fun and, and enjoyment. And they'll keep coming back. And the more they come back, the better they'll get. And the, and the better they get, the more chance they have a success. So, but we can't jump to success without thinking of fun at the very, very bottom. So I think we have to be, because nowadays, again, we're back to the point of young children need this stimulation. They need to have enjoyment. They need to be there. And and parents need that as well. Parents need have the reassurance that when you're bringing their, they're dropping the kid off to the, local club for training or for, for practice sessions that the kids buzzing coming home really enjoyed the process, and they want to go back the next day you know and, and I've had this with uh, I, I'll tell you a great story there was a there was a, a parent I, I have a young lad he's under he's under 11 and a half, half this year but a couple of he's under nine and a half says so I helped out with the team but there was this young kid parent I I, I went to school with him myself back years ago and, and uh, he'd bring his kid to the training he kept, came to me a few times he says this lad has no interest at all doesn't really want to be here I find it very hard to get him to come in. And I said right okay so I, I asked him I said what What do you What do you do? You know I said I'll come, I come down here and then, and then I made him go out to the backyard and I coach him and I said right what do you, you do? me I'm, I'm telling him what to be up to the ball you know I'm trying to explain this is the way you have to do things and you need to improve this and I said right okay so straight away I, I knew where the problem lay and it wasn't the kid at nine years old it was daddy who really was trying to coach his own child now he was best intentions in the world, but what he was basically doing was he was critiquing his child on the way home from training every night, bumping the back of the car, and then telling them what you should do better. So by the time we got home, even though he might enjoy it, it, I don't think he got out of us and he taken away before the time we got home. Yeah. So I said to him, uh, he "Says what do you think I should do?" I said, "Well, I'll tell you what i'm you, you do." I said, "See, see next time you you have him at a game or you know you take him home from training, when he get into the car." Don't mention what he did in terms of his, of his sport. Don't critique his game. Don't talk what he did well. Don't tell what he did poorly. Just just tell him here, you know, I was great. I really enjoyed watching you play the that night. That's all you got to say. And he goes, but no, I need to tell him why. No, you don't. Just tell him that, and that's all you say to him for the next few while when you lift him and tell him. Just tell him that was brilliant. I love watching you play. Nothing else. Five or six words. And uh, he said, he says, why do you say that? And it's because that's all the child wants to hear from you. He just wants to know that daddy's happy and play, he's playing. Mm-hmm. He just wants to know, he's there, to, you are the most important male to him in his life. And all he wants to know, daddy's happy and what he's doing. So this particular guy says, this man wouldn't like, be like him. You know, <laughs> this is, this, this boy was cut from a rock. I and mean, right. You know, but he did it. And he, and he, he came to me by every weekend he goes, he can't wait to get playing football now. He's coming down all the time. Might said, what are you telling me? I, said, I just tell him love watching him play. Great. So if it's something I learned years ago, that a child at nine doesn't want to know about he just wants to know is daddy happy? Is mm-hmm. mommy happy? And that's all they want because they just feel if they're happy, I'm I'm happy. So there's a tip for your coaches. Uh, and yeah. don't critique, don't critique too much. Keep it fun and just tell them I'm really enjoying watching you play. That's all the kids need to know. whether well, it's your own child or somebody else's child at that early age, that's more important than what yep. they're doing. Because I think they will find a way, you know, I think we're, we're, we're starting to get this now, but I remember growing up years ago, remember years ago, Mike, Mike there was a, there's a soccer magazine called Shoot. Mm. Or, you know, remember Shoot? Yeah. The, the bread man used to bring it around on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> our bread man, our bread man had newspapers and magazines on Saturday. No,
1: not, not our one, no. Yeah, he was deadly. And
0: he, and so the shoot was with 25p or something, or 10p or whatever. But anyway, there was an inside it, there was like, if you if you collected vouchers every week, you, you sent off a Canada Kennedy, Glitch wallet and coaching thing. So when this thing came back, there was like a real black wallet with Canada Glitch's signature in the front of it. But inside it, there was a coaching card. And one of the things in the coaching, it says, the tip from Kennedy is just practice, practice your skills. He says, well, until you get to 14 or 15, you know, just practice skill, skill, skill. Don't worry about winning. I thought myself, that's come back when I was... Set. That's come back forty years ago, and that still prevails to this day. It still stands. Mm. You know, when they're young, skill, skill, skill. The winning will come as a consequence of it. You have work down the line. So, skill, practice, enjoyment, and 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 having that, getting the kids come back to it all the time. I think that's where. It, that's why I'd be heading with the coaches with the kids. Yeah.
1: Anyway. No, that's brilliant. Yeah, and and like. You know the the worst thing. Uh, you, I'm not sure who said it. The worst thing about youth sport is the scoreboard. But obviously, when okay. you say that, people are saying, "Ah, oh, you're soft," and they have to learn how to win and lose. And of course, yeah, they do. And and there's yeah. no there's no doubt about that. But like Jesus, if you can just keep them coming, Petty. Like just keep them yeah. coming. Uh, whatever you have to do to make it as enjoyable as you possibly can, and keep them showing up. And and the kids. Like we spoke about this with a couple of people, like Fionn Fitz and and and, and different people previously. Yeah like we don't know at at 10 or 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 years of age who are the guys that are going to play senior for your club or or senior for your county or we just don't know because they're they're just still finding their way so the key for us and it sounds easy to make it fun and enjoyable yeah. but there's there's work in that like and there's a bit of skill in that but it's so so crucial for those young ages to make sure we just keep keep them coming back.
0: Oh, yeah, it is surely, and you know that the whole model of TGFU, you know, teaching games mm-hmm. for, to, for understanding understand, is a brilliant model. I, I in my lecture and in some areas with, with I te- my uh, students are going to be lots are going to be primary school teachers and also secondary school P teachers. But but we're teaching the we use the TGFU model, the teaching games for understand model is absolutely brilliant. But the key and the core. Th- the core aspect is it's all done through games so no matter what you're doing with the children do it through games if it's a warm-up it has to be a warm-up game so if you want to build like you know we do um, a warm-up game like tag tag chasing games where you're changing direction agility slowing and stop and Like it's all the skills you need for movement patterns so rather doing drills and out and out in straight lines or going on around a cone around another cone just play a game of tag where they're chasing. You're going to get all those movements built into somewhere where there's fun. And there's also decision-making. Where do I go? How do I avoid? How do I evade? How do I get? How do I chase? Where do I work to? Within boundaries and closing somebody off in a corner. So how many times we do this as a senior? level? Closing to closing them down the line that they can't get past you later on. But if you get that basic skill done when they're playing a game of tag, you know, in a chasing game. So, you know, what I'm saying is here, the, the, the model is based on games. So if it's a warm-up, give it a game. If it's a development of the, let, the session, Small set of games with different weed conditions, in it, and then you're playing games as whole, whole games towards the end. So, it is done through games. And the reason that I say this, we're all in do drill, is we can spend off our time doing drill, 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 close practice, close practice. But that's that's something we have to do, but surely a bit of handling and a bit of warm up, fine. But then get as quickly into your game based stuff as possible, because that's where the children are going to learn to make decisions. And the better players, as we know, as they get older, are the better players that can make the right decisions in the games so the earlier we introduce decision making and problem solving into their activities and get it done at an early age but by the time they come to 14 or 15 they have built a repertoire of skill and decision making and game awareness that is second to none and we didn't have that growing up like we like my go back to my underage coaching i think our first underage football was on the 14s Like come back that's about under 14s were first organized Right. club football but um and before but the first organized football was meant we went to school at, th- at um at uh, post primary school when there's first year team and on the 14 school team but our first club football was under 14 so we we missed out on all those years of coaching or development because nobody knew what they were at didn't know what to yeah. do it yeah but i see now i see the kids now at 11 and how good they are their skill levels their thinking there's some of them are just incredibly good but that's why I th- I really promote the TGFU model. It's, it's accessible. Go on to the internet, TGFU games, and just look at what they do and just follow that model in your coaching. Takes a little bit of thinking and planning. It's, it's not as easy to plan a session. You have to go game to game to game. You don't have to change the game every night, by the way, too. You know, this thing that... Uh, we're not, you're not an entertainer, by the way. You know, you're there to make them better, but vary the games up on different nights, but but keep good core games the premise of what you're doing and uh, kids love it because it's all the games, all the fun you know and uh, they, they'll they, like go back to the point if you put 20 lads out into a pitch and give them four jumpers and a ball they'll make the rules up yeah. oh, and they're not and they're not start doing drills they just no. want to play a game so you know that's the way it was. they'll just play a game pick two teams and let's play and they'll referee themselves and they'll do all so sometimes we sit back why do we have to control everything you know let's get them playing games they'll organise everything else in between you
1: yeah. know Mm-hmm. You put you you give them four jumpers and they're they're not going to make an, a line drill or a or a box to run around or you know what I mean. <laughs> no. Uh, no. But it's 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 just I and it's and I still I still think and I made this point maybe recently in one of these as well, Patty, That like I still think that we're doing too many too many and I'm talking about underage uh, coaching stuff. We still feel yeah. the need that we have to do fifty uh, percent drills, fifty percent. Maybe we play a, lot, a big game at the end. Uh, no, and, and I know that's changing, and a lot of a lot of yeah. coaches are 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 becoming far more aware of the likes of teaching games for understanding and 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 using like two v twos and four v fours and building yeah. into bigger games or whatever it is. But um, it's it's such it's such a, a, an easier thing to do is to set up a few games. And it's so much more enjoyable for, for the kids or, or adults. It doesn't matter who it is. It's just such a, a much more enjoyable and a richer experience for those because of the decision-making and all those very game-specific movements that they have to do as well. Ah, and the
0: crack they have, like the yeah. fun they have through the two brilliant. And if you keep score, if you're a referee, you're giving bad decisions and you're, you're, turning, you're turning the game over and you're getting the scores wrong and it's mad crack. Like, you know, they love it. Awesome. Yeah. It's fantastic.
1: Come here and just let's. I, I want to move up the line a little bit now again, right? Because I'm I'm like that's a, that's some really good stuff there for our for our underage stuff. But in terms of and it is not it's not separate. But in terms of culture, Patty, like cultures is is a kind of a big buzzword around the place at the moment. That you know, again, if you win. If you win something, well, you must have had a great culture, and if you didn't win, well, maybe your culture was. What is what is kind of? And you've been involved now in a lot of different capacities in different counties and and, and places. What does that kind of term culture mean to you? What what does that in 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 gender in your brain when when you hear that?
0: Yeah, that's it, um, that's a really good question, um and, and there's no, I don't think there's no definitive answer to that in terms of you can't just use one like one a, a cultural experience from one area one county is different to another mm-hmm. like we're in Tyrone here we would have a, a, a sort of a different culture to carry for example you know and there's not one better than the other it's just the yeah. way it is it's just a, it's a we're really a product of our environment and we're a product of our society and, and this is just the way we are so mm-hmm. you have a different way of viewing what what it really is. But if you if you generalize what culture really comes down to three things, it goes down to your your values, your attitudes, and your beliefs. And, and that's what really what culture is, your values within the, the group, the values within where what's what are the values that are clearly defined. The attitudes about how you go about your, your training and your your general attitude is in how you prepare and how you you carry yourself. And then your find is what's what is your belief what is your beliefs about you know and that, that draws experience from your your own upbringing, from society, from your people, from your county, whatever. And that, that brings you who you are. So if I'm so people have and, and that's what I would always class as what culture really emanates from the values, attitudes and beliefs of any given team. Um hey, obviously there's lots of things that can be unique to a team and then people can get culture so far so wrong. Uh, I really mean this. I I have not just last week, but at a conversation with a friend of mine who come, who's a coach in a different sport, and he was telling me how a particular head coach within a professional team try to is trying to bring a culture to a team that is contrary to everything the team believes in, and as a result of it, this team are doing really really poorly. But it, but he doesn't come from that area. He doesn't understand the people. He doesn't understand it. And he's trying to implement his own plan and it's working really poorly at the moment. And he said to me, This is never gonna work because nobody understands it. And it's it's it it's nearly goes against what they're trying to, what's what this place is about. Right. So grasping the culture is really important, respecting, respecting it, you know, having a feel for what people think themselves, and uh, and then being able to align your philosophy around that is really, really important. Don't try and go in and change the culture or something unless you have a really strong ingrained knowledge and understanding of the of the people of the area you're working in. I think it's very, very difficult. Professional sports it may be easier in certain sorts of professional sports because it's a lot. It's about you know, the successful professional teams that are really, really good are also very cultured, culturally very sound, but their culture very much on a professional attitude. You know, it's their job, it's their basis and and they will tap into certain aspects of where they're from and whatever it's Generally, pay, they're getting paid to do their job, and their culture is very much based on it's performance based. Mm. Whereas I think in, in Gaelic games, we have got to be very wary and respectful of the people and where they come from, and align our earth philosophy and our thinking and our, and our attitudes and our beliefs and values to that particular area. Mm. So um, it can play a big part, mate, because you know yourself. You, you've seen it and you've seen it living and breathing in your own county. You've seen it where there's a there's a, an incredible culture in Kerry for the game and a love for the game. It doesn't mean you're so successful every time, um, but it certainly gives you a good start in the sense that when the players put on a Kerry jersey or get to the stage where they're representing the county, they have a certain level of expectation that they, they have to wear this jersey in a certain way and behave in a certain fashion. And, uh, that's a great head start because lots of counties that don't have success find that very difficult. Mm. You know, when you and I have programmed this ourselves, the challenges you and I have had in the past of managing counties where where it's, it's tougher, it's tougher to get that message across. And maybe it's because they don't deep down don't believe themselves that they could be successful. And I think that's where that's that's where Carrier are different. They 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 know that if they do things right, there's a chance they gonna there's gonna be success where lots of other counties not it's not that there. Yeah. In a club level. In a club level, I think it's it's incredible that what's going on down there at the moment with your your Monster Champions now in, in in all three, a senior intermediate and uh, and junior in, in club as well. You know, and that's and uh, I think that's that's testament to the, the clubs as well. And you know, it's been it's a very successful it's a very successful time in Kerry football in the clubs mm. in Kerry. And uh I think whatever's going on, it's it's seeming to both well for your for your country.
1: It's the rain, Patty. It's something to do with the rain, man. I don't know, yeah. you know. There's there's something there. But like just to stay on that for a second on the culture side of it, right? Uh and when you talk about uh, the clubs, like obviously Kerry have a um kind of a thing in, that's ingrained in our in our history or you know, different to Tyrone, different to Dublin, different to everybody else. They have their own unique ones that's are that are individual. But all clubs do and you know basketball clubs do or rugby clubs or soccer clubs, we all have our own kind of culture that's there. but if you're somebody who's who's coming in and, and 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 wanting to improve that or or to enhance it to try and get more out of your team or your players or your 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 club, like is there any kind of like practical things you know that that we can do as coaches at those levels to try and develop something really positive with our own, within our own team?
0: Yeah, I think I think the, the key, Mike, is like is there has to be an engagement from everybody that's gonna be involved in that particular team to walk in as a coach and say, This is the way it's gonna be mm. and this is my idea and you know, you have to toe the line. And this is what I'm talking about. The coach and mentioned a few minutes ago with reference mm. that he trying to change something that's virtually impossible to change, is not gonna work. I think you have to bring everybody with you. Mm. I think there has to be a uh, uh, when you are working with a team, that's you know, there's so much knowledge and there's so much, um, so much experience within the room that you're there that you gotta draw on that. You gotta engage the players to become part of what we're about. So let's go back to the talk earlier on about motivation, and we talked about, you know, having a purpose, you know, a shared purpose within a group. You know, so when it when I, when I, when we're talking about having a shared purpose that that will drive us all together, essentially what you're doing is you're creating a culture, because once you're once you're getting people to buy into a shared purpose, to, in order to keep that purpose going, where you want that 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 staying within that on that vision and that purpose, you're going to create a culture of behavior around that that's going to drive, and you may be able to draw on some of the. Inspiration from the local local area, but generally, what you're doing is you're drawing from the 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 power of the players themselves. Mm-hmm. What's 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 in, what's innate within those individuals, and you're using that to shape your culture. Mm-hmm. You know, so very all successful sports teams, if you look at it, have been driven by internal. It's not something coming from the outside. The people that maybe come up from the outside were the people that became the architects of it. Mm-hmm. But they used what was there. They used the power of what was there to to shape it and, and to 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 drive it and to and to form it and to continue it. Like and I think that's that's where I think you have to go with you have to you have to bring people that journey with you. Now there's a skill in that there's a skill in that. It's not something that everybody is able to do. And this is where you maybe sometimes consulting with people outside of you know to to specialize in that particular area is is really good as well.
1: Mm-hmm but that that the key message is you you have to bring people with you obviously you have yeah. to it has to be theirs as opposed to something that you are trying to impose from from the outside like your body that you're that you're talking Absolutely. about Absolutely. Um, yeah. engaging players there patty you, you you mentioned just engaging players like what are some what are some of the things that you found that works really well in terms of engaging players like obviously we we we're talking about we need to bring players with us we need to involve them in you know the games and yeah. different things. Yeah what, what are, how 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 what have you found that, that really works well in terms of engaging players yeah I think that the first thing is is to, is to not have
0: a not name you not having a having a I'm the coach and you're the player and there's a sort of a i, I don't I, I don't really believe in the in the in the divide between the two you know I think that there's respect coming back and forward both ways. Shouldn't be a divide between the two. I think we're in this together. I think the players have to feel equally as comfortable speaking to me as they can, a teammate, and I feel equally as comfortable speaking to them as I am to part of the management team. You know, I I think that's really important. I think we got that pretty pretty good, and where we are at the moment, I think we're 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 finding that and we're developing that further. I think it's I think it's really important because I think that that builds trust. I think that helps to garner trust between the people, the players, and the coaches. So I, I'm not a big believer in sort of standoffish. I never was. I don't think it really benefited anybody. I don't, to be honest with you, we don't have time to be standoffish because we're so limited in the amount of time we have with our players. Every moment's precious. So when we get an opportunity to speak to somebody, even just talk to them, how you know on or what's going on or how's work or what's life going on or, um, you know, you see Mike quir- Cork's hair cut recently? It's lovely, you know, or whatever. Is he still playing basketball? You know, and, but what I'm saying is here, you you got to make the most of every moment. Mm-hmm. So I think that I, I never was a believer in standoff players in any way. So I think that's how engagement happens. Having that moment, sit down and have a chat, if you ever get a chance to go for a cup of coffee and a, or even after a game, have a pint with somebody. was lovely. Like, you know, having that, even some of the most enjoyable moments this year was after the after the final, when we spent a couple of days on the road and you had a great chance to talk to the players after them was over. And you realise, you know, you know, I think everybody realizes we're only in for the same thing. We just we, we do want we want to do well, and I think you have to have that open. I think that openness between coaches and players, I think that's crucial. You know, mm. um, so that to me is in terms of engagement. I think that's the first step is having that, having that, uh, open. And I, I suppose it goes back to my to my teaching and my lecturing. Like I have an open door policy in the university where my door is never closed. My office is never closed. It's left open all the time for a student if they want to walk in, sit down have a chat, no matter what, they can come in and do it. Just leave it a wide open. And I always left for that reason. I keep telling them the doors open and they'll never be closed unless somebody comes in for a private meeting and they've been engaged saying all But generally, just to allow people to come for a chat. And I think modern day young people need that. They need to have that feeling that the person that's there working with them is more than just looking out for their coach, their football or their sport, but also looking out for them too. Mm. And that, I think that's, that's good. And you know, like, you know, we're we're never going to, we're never going to as coaches probably understand the impact you're going to have on anybody to a lot, lot further down the line. You know, it, it's, it'll be down the line or in years to come when you probably, somebody will say something about, you know, you remember you coached me in such a time, whatever, and you helped me this, you helped me that, whatever, and that's great. And that's what really we're in there for, like, you know, if, well, it's all I, all I really want to know is when, the, if, if, I, if a player ever says thank you to me, that's my success, you know, that mm-hmm. you've known you've helped that particular player or that particular team. That's that's good enough for me. Like, you know, so I think that engagement from the start is really important and then constant, continually staying staying engaged as we go along. And you know, it's it's um it's quite easy to come and go every training session and you might not speak at every player every night in train them. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have an opportunity, but if you can over the course of the week,
1: yeah,
0: speak to yeah. as many as we can.
1: Yeah, and, and like even like you mentioned there, an open door policy in in at work, and, and like that's yeah. a very physical kind of um, signal to people that you know, like I I want to I want to talk, like come yeah. come to me and we can we can have a conversation, and, and like anything that you mentioned there was really about talking to people, like yeah. it wasn't there's nothing hugely complicated about, you know, speaking to somebody and asking them what's going on and how are you and and the information that you'll actually get if you ask people questions and you talk to them for a couple of minutes. And it is difficult, particularly when you're dealing with 30 plus people to try and get to everybody within a week or two. That's that's hard, obviously. But if you're talking about people that are operating at different levels with less people, you know, it it should be more manageable to get to those people as often as you can, you know?
0: Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, that's so important, Mike, you know, and it's it's incredible what you can find out in a conversation. You know about somebody's mood or somebody's going on. With kids. So I, I, in the past, players have come to me to talk with things. And I, say, I had no idea what was going on. Like I hadn't absolutely maybe noticed the form, dipped a bit in trainers. And I was saying, God, what's wrong? But then we when, when we drilled down into it, some some young players were having horrid times. You know, in their personal lives. Uh, I, I just remember one where a young kid came to me and he's, he he uh, he, had a, he had a gambling addiction. I, I didn't didn't see it wouldn't have saw any day. He was he missed a few classes in college and he wasn't coming to class. And I, and, I, and I called him in for a chat one day and I asked him, what's the story? And he goes, he says, um, told me he was, he was thousands and thousands of pounds in debt. And and he had a gambling addiction. And I asked him, I remember saying to him, what is, how does this manifest Have so He was well, he says, if I had a five pound in my pocket, he says, and I was starving, he says, I walked past the bookies. I couldn't make it to the shop. like I'll go into the bookies. And, and uh, he, he says, "I just I don't know how to do about it." So anyway, thankfully, he told me I was able to get him help, and uh, it worked out fine. Mm. What I'm saying is, you know, that's an, that was an opportunity of an open door. I did that didn't expect from me, but he came seeking me out because he needed that. He needed a little bit of help, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, what I've learned about that is in dealing with young people, uh, presume nothing. Really, presume nothing. You know, uh, okay, we want to do well as coaches, and we want our teams to be successful. But we have gotta be very aware of the individual. Let's go back to my point a bit earlier on about when you're creating a within that motivation. You gotta be really aware of the individual. What's 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 happening? Now we don't we don't want to be soft. That's the odd thing too. You 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 gotta strike that balance. But I think if any if there's true respect there between coaches and players, you know nobody nobody will take liberties. Players won't take liberties and coaches won't do that. But you just have to let them know that the doors open. You know, yeah. I'm I'm all right. I and mean, if there's something like I mightn't be able to help you, but I'll surely be able to find you somebody who can help you, like, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. And that, you know, you, you mentioned soft there, and that is that is almost the thing that that some coaches look at this and they kind of go, Well, look, you know, I'm about I'm about winning here, I'm about driving these fellas and I wanna I wanna mm-hmm. get the very most out of them but like like there's still room there's still room in that for 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 dealing with people and and having good people skills and 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 creating a kind of an atmosphere where people feel comfortable enough to come and talk to you and say you know what patty i'm struggling here man i I actually need a bit of help
0: yeah yeah listen here mike
1: it happens and 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 if footballers aren't infallible just because they're super
0: athletes and they're some of these guys are high profile and they're 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 Think they have an ideal world, and you know, a young boy, a young person I mean, looking up to the county senior playing, he's everything going from You know, he's in great shape, he's fit, he's playing the county football, he's got the gear, and you know, life's good from. but you never really can tell, you know. So that's where we got to be, you know, um, be aware of that. And I think that's where, you know, being vulnerable, you know, interesting. I listened to a, a podcast um, recently from a, a, a Navy SEAL. Um, and the Navy Seals would be seen as quite elite in, in, uh, in um, American sport, or American uh, military. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he talked about was vulnerability. He says that that they learned that they had to be vulnerable. Do you think, you know, you're talking about being hard, they're actually taught to be vulnerable and they're actually pulled apart by their commanders to be vulnerable and open. Otherwise, they'll never never learn and they're not, they can't learn. So what I'm saying is, you know, in sport too, we need to be, Worry of that, I think respectful, and and, and if we can uh, if we can help anybody in any way, we, we'll always always be there for them. Now.
1: Yeah, Patty, I, I'm. We're going to leave it there because I, I I've I've got you know for about an hour, and I don't want to delay you. Um, to oh, put a, to put a ribbon on it, Patty, to put a nice bow on it, and put it under the tree. What what if there was one message that you could you could send to coaches of all age groups, um to make sure that you know that they're delivering as best as they possibly can for the kids or adults under their care. Um give it to me. What what what's your what's your what's your um your magic solution to yeah. improving everybody and what we're doing.
0: Yeah, I think just you know, um continue to to be inquisitive, continue to strive to learn. Um there's a there's a good speak in sport is is when you it's what you learn when you know it all that counts. Kind of, you know and I think that's a really good one you know when you think you know it all what you learn after that is even better you know so yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is lucky enough we've had success this year but I know straight away the wheels of motion are in place to can we learn how could it be improved next year and that'll be the drive for Kerry that's to be the drive for everybody you know any, any team how can you become better as a coach what can you learn spend time I said, don't rush things don't rush things spend time learning a, apply your practice and be in teaching we call it being a reflective teacher look at yourself reflect on your work try not to try not to make the same mistake twice you know try not to double up on mistakes because that's that's sore and you're like you know when you make the same mistake the second time around and then you really kick yourself because you go, why did I do that again mm-hmm. so try and learn from the mistakes and really just remain remain inquisitive and curious and um, there's so much to learn out there where all it. This is my this is my favorite time of the year when we're off season because then you go in you drill down into stuff to try and find what worked last year what do we need to do better um what will it change and what's going to be new next year and this is the exciting part about it so
1: um my message is that's basically it Mike brilliant alright bye. and obviously it was great Paddy I, I, we're about the only two fellas that didn't go to Mauritius so we're um, <laughs> yeah it's great to be doing this in Ireland yeah the lovely weather <laughs> um so folks just for the people that are listening again obviously uh, another reminder just that this is obviously that fundraiser for recovery haven and and uh if you do have anything spare it would be fantastic to make a donation towards the um the into the link that's there in my podcast description below or on my twitter page so petty tally thank you um hugely man for that i I found that brilliant and i'm sure everybody else will too so thanks a lot have a great christmas Happy Christmas, happy christmas Mike.
0: take care good luck